going to break a little protocol and get on into it. Mark chapter 16, we had read in our hearings. And I think Brother Fabian, it's good to have him with us. Amen. We know Amen. that his career takes him over the highways and byways. Yeah. And he, he said his wife snuck a kiss in doing meet and greet. If my honey boo, my vanilla swirl, my boo thing was gone for weeks at a time, somebody might have to tell me to sit down in church. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But when I look in your Nelly eyes, as she look at her man, I know she love him. So don't you say nothing else about her kissing you. Because you ain't got the only lips in town. Hello, somebody. Hello. And, and, and you and, and y'all other brethren can sit around here and act like y'all blind, but I ain't blind. And you got a fine wife, so you better, you better let her kiss you all she want to kiss you. These other brothers in here scared. They scared to say amen. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. Because I'm filled with the spirit. I'm filled with the spirit. Mark chapter 16, there's a very familiar story here. And I don't have to take long this morning. Oh, I feel like preaching. I don't have to take long this morning because you ought to know the story. I said you ought to know the story. I want to talk about three quick things. And I'm breaking all kind of protocol this morning, but I can't help it. Uh, I want to talk about three quick things this day, today. In our text, we're going to understand and see, number one, that Jesus got up. Turn to somebody and tell him he got up. That's enough to shout about, church. He got up. Number two, I want to tell you he got up so we could get up. Tell somebody it's getting up time. Come on, look at him like you mean it. Tell him it's getting up time. I dare you to find somebody, look at him and tell him you've been down long enough. Come on, tell somebody else on the other side you've been down long enough. Oh, I feel like preaching already. But then third and finally, not only did he get up so we could get up, but he got up so we could go up. I said he got up so we could go up. You see, it was before he got up. Before he got up, Dr. Johnson, there was a going down. He had to go down before he could, Pat, y'all, you with me, Pat? He had to go down, Linda, before he could go up. Yes, he went down. Christ had to go down. Christ was not just in a casual sleep. He was not just in a casual slumbering. He was not just taking a noonday nap. Joe, he was not catnappy like some men do after a hard day. You sit him in front of a TV and his wife said, baby, why don't you go lay down? You sleep. He said, I ain't sleep. I'm just catnappy. Well, I come to tell you, he was not just, okay, y'all don't act like catnap. Y'all know what catnapping is. You know how it is when you finish those collard greens with some ham hocks in them. You know how it is when you finish those crowd of peas and some barbecue ribs and some yams on the side. We ain't going to talk about mama's uh, peach cobbler, but you know how it is. It puts you in a slumbering mood. But how many of you know that Jesus was not just sleeping, but he had to go down, Dr. Marcus. He had to go down to the grave. Peter said it this way. In 1 Peter 3, 18 through 20, the Bible says that he set up church. I said, Jesus. 
Nobody got power like Jesus. He went down to the Hadean world, kicked open the devil's door, told him I'm setting up church. And the Bible says that he preached to the disobedient spirits in the prison of the Hadean world during the days of Noah. I got to tell you, he had to go down before he could come up. But it goes back farther. Marcus, you a Bible student. It goes back way farther before the days of Noah. It goes back way beyond the flood. Way back in the talk of time it was in the garden of eden you know the story genesis chapter 2 verse 15 through 17 god god had given them a home he had given them everything they needed he gave them everything they needed he gave them a first command you can have anything you want except that one tree I don't know why man is like that even today. Somehow man always want the one thing that he cannot have. You can give him, are y'all with me? No, you can give him a hundred things and tell him he can't have just one. But he always want the one. He is something about the one, even babies. You can surround them with toys and tell them don't touch the table, but they'll walk through and knock over the toys to get the one thing that they cannot have. Not only that, but they listened to the wrong voice. And it's still happening today. That's why some of our young ladies have to go through Robin, Robbie, Ricky, Bobby, and Mike before they realize that they're in the wrong neighborhood. Y'all gonna help me here, aren't you? They listen to the wrong voice. And every time you listen to the wrong voice, you're gonna get the wrong advice. And every time you get the wrong advice, you're gonna make the wrong decision. Every time you make the wrong decision, you're gonna end up with the wrong conclusion. Am I right about it? They listen to the wrong voice. They ate of the tree and because they ate of the tree they became separated from God am I right about it I said he had to go down in order to fulfill God's plan of redemption you see God's true purpose watch this now this is why you just can't be a member of any church just because a group of people Purchase a plot of land. Put a building of brick and mortar on it. Slap a sign on it and say church. Does not mean it belongs to God. God has always been specific about every command he gives man. And the Bible says that because of the purpose of the church and Christianity... And God himself says that the purpose of the church is so that the world may know the manifold wisdom of God. He says the church is like an ornament. Watch this now. The angels are sitting with God in heaven. But I'm trying to special the church is. And that's why I'm not going to be a member of just any church anybody's church because the church that we read about in scripture 
came from the very mind of God before the foundation of the world will establish. And it was through that church that the Bible says that the world will know the manifold wisdom of God. But not only that, he says, I'm, even though the angels are with me already, I'm going to take the church and I'm going to display it as an emblem on earth that the angels in heaven might see my divine will of redemption for man. That's why I don't understand people who call themselves members of the church of Christ, but they act like the church ain't nothing. I don't understand how you can come to church when you feel like it and understand the purpose of the church. Nobody have to beg you to be committed and faithful to a church when you understand that you are the divine glory of God. He chose you to show the world his manifold wisdom and scheme of redemption. God's true purpose of the church was to redeem man. Redeem man by re, watch this, re-establishing his relationship with God. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, what they did, they separated all humanity from God. No, a child is not born with sin, but a child is born unto sin. What do you mean, Miles? I mean, like Job says, in just a few days, man is born pure. Man is born clean. Man is born in a perfect state with God. But Job said just after a few days, it don't get just on your shoe. It don't get just to your knee. It don't just come to your waist. But the Bible said man is full of trouble. Trouble there is indicative of sin. All you got to do is live a little while. Don't nobody got to teach you how to lie. Just keep hanging around liars. Don't nobody got to teach you how to cuss. Just keep hanging. Just keep hanging around cussers. I didn't know nothing about cussing because I didn't hear no cussing in my house. My daddy didn't cuss. My mama didn't cuss. And the children bet not cuss. They get the brakes beat off of them. So I didn't know nothing about cussing until I started hanging around folk who cuss. And I got to confess, I got pretty good at it. But God, who is rich in mercy, I said he's rich in mercy, and he's able to forgive us of not just some of our sins, but all of our sins. I said he got up, church. I said he got up. I said he got up. If I was in the right church and repeated after me, I don't have to tell him he got up. Well, yes, he had to get up because Isaiah 2, 1 through 3 said that he had a house to prepare. So he had to get up. Micah records in Micah 4, 1 and 2 that he had a kingdom to prepare. So he had to get up because he's not a liar. Am I right about it? He had to get up because he promised not to build a church, but he promised to build 
his church. Matthew 16 and 18. So he had to get up. He had to get up because he promised that he would purchase it with his own blood. Acts 20 and 28. He had to get up because God declared that he will put all things under his feet and make him to be head of the church which is his body. Not a church but the I wish I had some help here. The church, he had to get up because a body can't live without a head. Take the head off the body, it's ashes to ashes and dust to dust. But Paul says in Colossians 1.18 that he is the head of his church. So he had to get up. He got up because there was a power shortage in the evangelistic department. And he got up and declared in Matthew 28 that all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He said, go and teach the world. Preach to them the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He said, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And Lord, I'm with you always to the end of the world. If he hadn't got up, we would have never had the great commission. I said he had to get up because man was lost and he needed a savior. Luke 19, 10, son of man, come to seek that which was lost. Church, he had, I say he had to get up. Somebody might say, who was that matchless savior? I heard Luke recording Acts 4 and 11. He says, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. That term naught of you builder means despised. It means less esteemed. But the Bible says, which has become the head of the corner. Watch this now. I'm trying to tell you why I'm a member of the church of Christ and not just any church. Because the Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's why I'm not going to be a member of a church that wears some other man name because the Bible says there ain't another name that bears salvation. That's why I'm not going to be a member of a church that was started by a man or woman and they died and they're still dead because the Bible says there's no salvation in any other name. How many of you know he died but he got up on the I wish I had some help he got up on the third day morning and I'm so glad he got up because it gave me a chance September 25th 1977 on a Sunday evening on the west side of Chicago in K-Town for y'all don't know Pat know where that is that's gangster city that's drug infested town but it was in that church that I became a member of the Lord and he put me I said he put me he put me in Christ now some of y'all don't know when to shout because when you in Christ, you sure enough in something. 
And some of y'all ought to be ashamed of yourself. The day you crossed over online, you shouted and danced because you were in a sorority. Some of you ought to be ashamed. You shouted and danced because you made it across the line to your fraternity. Some of you ought to be ashamed when you were accepted in the local boys club and local fitness center. You got all happy. The truth of the matter is you wasn't in nothing. There's nothing compared to being in Christ. You might be in love with your boo, but your love for your boo is not matchful to Christ's love because it's in Christ that we have bountiful blessings. It's in Christ that we have a grace that can never be arrested, a strength that can never be violated, a power that can never be exhausted. I'm trying to tell you what you got when you're in Christ. We got a salvation that can never be annulled, forgiveness that can never be rescinded, deliverance that can never be disavowed. In Christ, we have an assurance that will never be disappointed, a nature that can never be changed, a comfort that can never be leasened, an attraction that can never be superseded, an access that can never be discounted, service that can never be unrewarded. In Christ, we have an intercessor that will never be disqualified, revelation that will never be impeached, victory that will never be vanquished, glory that will never be dimmed, hope that will never be disappointed, and a resurrection that will never be hindered. You, when you're in Christ, you are somebody. I say you are. I say you are. I say you are somebody. He went down, but he had to get up. He had to get up because of lost sinners. He had to get up because of broken relationships. He had to get up because of rocky marriages. He had to get up because hard-headed children. He had to get up because Willie the Wino was still drinking. He had to get up because Prissy the prostitute was still tooting. He had to get up because Dizzy the drunk was still drinking. He had to get up because Lizzie the liar was still lying. He had to get up because Freddie and Frida were still fornicating. He had to get up because cancer was still killing. He had to get up for every heart attack that ever been tacked. He had to get up because our world leaders were still crooked. He had to get up for you, for me, for the doctor, the lawyer, and the Indian chief. He had, I wish I had some help. He had to get up for every gospel preacher to proclaim the word of God. He had to get up so we could tell the glorious story, how he came from glory, came down through 42 generations, walked the dusty streets of Galilee, put in the ground, but on the third day, got up with all power. We preach it because it's saving power to all who will believe. I said saving power to all who would believe. Not only did he get up so we could get up and go tell the loss of a risen Savior, but I said he got up so we could go up. Look at the text. Luke 16, verse 16 and 19. The Bible says, He that believeth and he is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not 
shall be damned. Where will the believers live for eternity? Jesus says, the Holy Spirit records in Luke and in Mark 16 and verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into the heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Well, where are we going? When we get up, Jesus made it clear. He got up and he ascended on high and he sits at the right hand of God. But where are we going, Jesus, when we get up? The record is recorded in John 14. I'm closing now. John 14, verse 1. The Bible said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. In the Greek, it says rooms. If ye were not, if it were not so, Jesus said, I wouldn't have lied to you. I go, watch this now. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, that where I am, that where I am, that where I am, you might be also. I come to tell you, I said, can't nobody do you like Jesus. I wish I had two people that'll look somebody in their face right now and tell them, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Now, I wish I had two saints that'll tell somebody, I'm going up yonder. Don't be afraid if you think your sins will keep you from going there. It's only because you haven't been washed in the blood of the lamb. Because when you're washed in the blood of the lamb, the Bible says in 1 John 1 and 7 that the blood of Jesus continually cleanses you from all sins. And what that means is that God gives you an insurance policy. That's why Paul said, if this earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved, we have another house of building made, not by hands of man. So you need to shout when you can to know that you might stumble and you might fall. But when you're in Christ, the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. I got to close, but I just can't close until I declare that nobody can do you like Jesus. I just get happy thinking about it. Nobody can do you like Jesus. Oh, I know your boo thing. Make you feel something that you ain't never felt before. But let me tell you, honey, your boo thing does in comparison when you see and know the love of God. Nobody can do you like Jesus for his word is true. His motives are pure. His love is real. His ways are just. His aim is right. And his name is holy. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. His heart ain't like your heart. His heart is kind.
mind. His grace is sufficient. His burden is light. His rest is satisfying. Can't no pasty peeling mattress give you rest like Jesus. His burden is light. His rest is satisfying. His yoke is easy. His promises are sure. His peace is perfect. His power is unlimited. His mercy is, I wish I had some help. His salvation is free. His victory is completed. His blessings are many. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. His touch is refreshing. His joy is unspeakable. His wisdom is unqualified. His presence is precious. His spirit is quickening. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. I said his assurance is comforting. His ears are attentive. His hands are outstretched. His eyes are on the sparrow. His work are righteous. His miracles are matchless. His heaven is glorious. And you can take his promise to the bank. Because when he said, I'm going to prepare a place. And I'm coming again to receive you to myself. The Hebrew writer said, Hebrews 6, 18. By two immutable or unchanging things. God cannot lie. So he ain't going to do you like your family. He ain't going to do you like your friends. He'll be with you through thick and thin. All you got to do is trust him. All you got to do is trust him. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, what that simply means is that when you can't trace God, when you can't track God, you must trust God. Because can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. He got up. Listen to me. I don't care how low life has taken you. And I'm a witness that life can take you lower than you want to go. It can take you some places that you didn't want to go. It can make you stay longer than you wanted to stay. It can make you like what you really hate. It'll make you stay longer than you intended to stay. Life has the ability to rattle the very foundation of your soul. But I come to tell you not just because I read it, but because his amazing grace has not just worked in my life, you know why I haven't lost my mind? Because of the love of God. You want to know why I'm not in jail? It's not because I don't have the ability to blow somebody's brains out. It's because he is keeping me. Oh, Jesus. It's only God who is keeping you know why Sister Claire has that kind of testimony? Because she's been kept. She's been kept. And 
she's not afraid and ashamed to give God glory. While some of us are sitting here saying, what is she doing? Why is she doing that? What you need to understand that when God works in your life and you come to a place in life where you want to give God glory, you're not embarrassed by other people's thinkings. Listen, church, it's prayer time. It's forgiveness time. You don't come down here to get forgiveness. You come down here so that the church may pray for you. Forgiveness start right where you are in your heart. Not this blood pump, but the cardia, the seat of intellect. That's where forgiveness starts. You must ask God right where you are. Lord, please forgive me of all of my sins. Then you must yield to the word of God by coming and repenting of your sins. After you repent of your sins, come and confess Christ before this audience and before man that he is the son of God. We'll ask you one question. I'm trying to tell you how to be saved now. We'll ask you one question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? And if you answer yes to that question, let me tell you what's already happened. The water has already been prepared. It's good and warm. There's private dressing rooms with clothes that have been washed and sanitized waiting for you. And the scripture says that heaven, Luke 15, 7 and 10, is waiting to rejoice over one soul that repents. Then 99 just who needs no repentance. And your family here is waiting to receive you with love and encouragement as you walk on your Christian journey. John says in Revelations 2 and 10 that if you live faithful unto death, you receive a crown of life that shall never fade away. What's your decision today? Oh, Brother Miles, I didn't come here to get baptized. Well, if you came seeking God, then you came to submit your life to the will of God. If you truly came here seeking God. Now, if you came here just to celebrate, then you won't yield to the word of God. But if you came here seeking God to worship God, John 4, 24 says, they that worship God, that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you came here to worship him, then you want to submit to his will, which is truth. And truth says that if you're a sinner and need to be saved, you must be baptized. You cannot pray your way into the church. Now, I know what Joe Osteen and all these other guys says, but my question is, are you going to listen to the word of God or are you going to listen to Brother Miles? That's the question. It's decision time. It's decision time. Now, God tells you don't trust in man. Man is fickle and phony. And sometimes fake. But Jesus says, my word will stand forever. And let's see what the word says compared to what Joel Osteen says. The word says, Romans 6 and 4. Therefore, we are buried with him. How? By baptism. For what reason? Into his death. Like as Christ was raised from the dead. By what power? By the glory of the Father. We, we who? Those who are baptized. Shall rise and walk. In the newness of life. New life comes after baptism. Not after a prayer. Now, you can, you can get my card, mail it to Joe Osteen, and tell him what I said. 
Because the Bible is right. Galatians 3.27, Paul says, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ. I done told you what you got when you get in him. Have put on Christ. He didn't say those of you who have prayed the sinner's prayer. He said those of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. Who? Every one of you. By what authority? In the name of Jesus Christ. For what reason? For the remission, removal, or blotting out, or forgiveness of sin. Don't let no dusty-eyed man lie to you. I don't care how popular they are. Because when you read the story of salvation, you will understand that the majority is always wrong. Always. Always. Always wrong. God will not let man think that he wins by his own strength. That's why he has to take the minority and do a mighty work so that man would know it's not him, but it's only God.